ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, at sfdiocese, and use the hashtag ignition. Again, email or Twitter. You can look, up, look us up in the phone book, too, if you wanted to. But <laughs> electronic is easy. Um, and feel free to reach out to us with questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones. Again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization uh, here with the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. And I'm joined today by Father Tyler Matson. Hi, Father. Hi, Dr. Chris. Uh, would you mind introducing, if somebody's never heard you on Ignition before, sure. can you just introduce yourself a bit? My name is Father Tyler Matson. I'm a priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. I currently serve as the associate of Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls, as well as the chaplain of O'Gorman Junior High. And you're from where? I'm from Sioux Falls, so I was born and raised here. Went through Catholic school, K through 12. And uh, now back here, my first assignment is in Sioux Falls, so it's been great to be back in the hometown. And you mentioned in the previous episode that, uh, as you just said, you're chaplain of the O'Gorman Junior High, mm-hmm. Catholic Junior High here in Sioux Falls, um, where you were a student once. Right, yeah. So that's been that's been fun, and it's honestly... The building smells the exact same as when I was there, and that might just be that might just be junior high kids. But it's a it's a great gift to be back there. And when when I was a student there, there was no chaplain or even or even an active chapel. Now we have a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament uh, and a, and a chaplain. So it's, I'm I'm very grateful that I can maybe just offer some spiritual guidance and some spiritual uh, influence on those young people. Awesome, that's great. Um... You've been ordained for over a year and a half now, right? Right. How 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 is it as a toddler priest? <laughs> <laughs> it's every single day I realize, oh, there's a lot I don't know still. Mm. And and that's actually a really good thing because that's the whole point of being an associate is you have a pastor that you work under. And and I have a pastor that thankfully is very patient with my questions mm. and you know, even at the third, fourth, fifth time I've asked the same question, <laughs> like, how does that work again? I don't understand that. And and that's just the great thing is that I'm not in charge of the parish, so I can really take this time and, and to learn. Any any th- particular things that uh, you've enjoyed the most as a mm. priest? Something that surprised me was how much I enjoy marriage preparation. Mm. And I don't know if I would—I want to say like I was dreading it, but I just thought that <laughs> I just thought that it would be difficult, you know. Sure. And it is difficult, but but it's really been quite a gift to be able to to walk with these couples and. And uh, Holy Spirit Parish, there's a lot of people getting married there, so I have a lot of opportunities to to, to meet with these couples, and uh, yeah, just just such a joy to finally kind of see them get married and to start their life together. That's been really rewarding. Great, great. Um, my wife and I. So just a bit more about myself, in case you've never listened to Ignition before. I've been, I'm married layman. Jermaine and I've been married for um, 20 years this summer, as we're recording this in 2019. We have five kids. Jermaine's from Ohio originally. I'm from central Minnesota, the Brainerd Lakes area. Crosby, Ironton are the towns that I grew up outside of. Um, but we've been in Sioux Falls. with working for. I've been working for the diocese for over 16 years now. Um, we love it. We're on the east side, just up Bonson Avenue mm-hmm. from where you're at, Father Tyler. So yeah. 
we love the state. We love the diocese. We are blessed to be here. So, Father, um, okay, so listeners, what I usually do when I uh, in, invite somebody to be on Ignition with me, to to be a co-host with me, um, I like to ask them, so what are you interested in talking about? What, what, what are you passionate about? Because I don't want somebody to come on and tell them, okay, you're going to talk about this with me and you're going to like it. <laughs> that doesn't usually make for a very good podcast or radio show. Um, so I'd like to find out what 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 the, the co-host is interested, the guest is interested. And Father, uh, you've, you've had mm-hmm. some great topics um, that, that I've really enjoyed uh, discussing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and today we're going to be discussing a poem. Yes. Okay, so why are we going to be discussing a poem on a broadcast for the new evangelization, Father? That's Madsen? a great question. You know, Dr. Chris, let's see. It would have been now two and a half years ago. I made a promise to read poetry every single day. And it's, it's so serious that if I don't do that, I go to confession. Okay, now what I'm talking about is I made a promise to pray the breviary, the officer of readings. Oh. And, and every single day, that office is made up of of the Psalms, which which is poetry, you know. So yeah. I I think to myself, well, poetry must be pretty important if God chose to speak to us in His Word through poems. That okay, that is an amazing answer. Like I had no idea. Like was it like as as we're recording this, it's almost Lent. So as you're listening to this, it's probably Lent. And like, was this some Lenten penance from hell that you took on? Like, what happened two and a half years ago? But you're no. So that you're talking about when you were ordained as a deacon, a, as, a, a deacon. as a deacon. Yes, because or, or when you're ordained to the diaconate, permanent or transitional, mm-hmm. um, you promise mm-hmm. your bishop that you will pray the liturgy of the hours. Yes, every single day. And that's mostly composed of the Psalms, and the Psalms are poetry. poetry. So here's why I think that a poem could be appropriate for a podcast on the new evangelization is, is, you know, we want to communicate the truth of the faith, but often what we need to do is we need to find creative ways to do that, mm. new ways to do that. And something that a poem can do is it can communicate a truth in a way that you can receive it much differently or, or, or more effectively than if I was to give you like an essay on something or here's it, read this book on this, you know, versus like reading a poem and, and allowing that truth to, to meet you in, in a different way. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I uh, for, again, I love, I love surprises and you just surprised <laughs> me with your answer, this introduction to why poetry. And you're absolutely, if you think of, um, I, I think of, I love it when somebody like, like Bishop Barron's a great example mm-hmm. is where he looks at a movie Mm-hmm. And he's able to draw out, um, he's able to offer spiritual commentary. Yeah. Maybe it's a spiritual truth or a, just a truth of reality that the movie embodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's it's an error or a falsehood that the movie embodies. Mm-hmm. But he's able to show us, look at, it reminds me of a, of a, of a guide through a museum. Yeah. You know, somebody who's able to, there's a word, I can't remember what the word is for somebody who does that technical word, but they, look at, look at this painting and look, you know, they're mm-hmm. able to point out the, the, I would have no idea right. as somebody who's not an art expert. Right. Um, so they're able to show how there are tr- things that are true, good, and beautiful mm-hmm. in the piece of art or in the case of, case of a film, or if you will, a fictional piece, which is mm-hmm. what a poem usually is. Right. Right. And this to be able to encounter something like that through beauty is so effective because yep. because everybody everybody responds to beauty and and that's just uh, why a movie or or an art piece of art or a poem can be so effective. 
Amen. Great. Okay, that's that's a great explanation. Well done, Father Matson. Um, so we're going to be reading today and commenting on a poem by the English poet Gerard Manley Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not Anthony Hopkins, the movie actor. <laughs> this is Gerard Manley Hopkins, um, the the poet. Can you tell us before we talk about yes. what, the the poem a little bit about uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins? Sure. So he he was born in 1844. And, and he grew up in a pretty strong Anglican household, okay. uh, the Church of England. When he went to college, he was, he was at Oxford, and he came under the spell of this Catholic that a lot of people were talking about named uh, John Henry Newman, who, who's actually going to be canonized a saint here shortly. Right. And through his influence, uh, Gerard Miley Hopkins was received into the church and became a Catholic. Shortly after Gerard Miley Hopkins— so did, he, so did he know Newman? Yeah, they knew this. So he they knew, knew each him. Other. It wasn't just out, knew of him. It was yeah, he knew and, him. In fact, okay. Newman was the one that confirmed him and, and brought okay. him into the I didn't church. Realize that. Okay. Yeah, so right. that, there's that connection personally. And uh, after Hopkins became a Catholic, he became a Jesuit. So he went through the Jesuit formation process and was eventually ordained a Jesuit priest. Now, just kind of a fun fact is Jordan Riley Hopkins then became the priest at St. Aloysius Church in Oxford. And while he was there, one of my other favorite poets was going to school at Oxford named Oscar Wilde. Oh. So Oscar Wilde actually went to St. Aloysius Church uh, while Gerard Manley Hopkins was the priest there. And wow. I can only imagine, because there's no record of it, that they would have had amazing conversations. But uh, So he was he was a priest and a poet. Now, here's the thing, too, is, is uh, when Gerard Manley Hopkins became a priest, he thought in his mind that he couldn't be both a priest and a poet. So he actually burnt all of his poems. He destroyed them. Wow. About seven years after becoming a Jesuit, one of his superiors asked him to write a poem. So he kind of had this permission now from the Jesuits, and he wrote this poem. And well, that just kind of started <laughs> him writing uh, lots of poems after that, and we're grateful that those didn't burn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in fact, he really didn't publish any poems while he was alive. It wasn't until after that Gerard Manley Hopkins had died uh, that one of his friends collected his poems into a, a book and published them. Uh, so it's really, you know, he's, he's, he's known now as, as one of the great modern poets, but he was basically unknown while he was still During alive. During his lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the poem that we're going to read and, and, and talk about a little bit today is As Kingfishers Catch Fire. Uh, again, the title, this is Gerard Manley Hopkins, As Kingfishers Catch Fire. So, Father, before you read read it through mm-hmm. once, and then we'll come back and, and go through it more slowly, um, and anything, do you want to set the stage at all, or you just want to do a reading, and then we'll, we'll discuss it? <clears throat> I'll just set the stage. You know, typically with, with Hopkins' poetry, he's either going to be talking about nature, or he's going to be talking about something religious. Okay. So this poem was a perfect example. You're going to see nature, and you're going to see the religious, and we're going to see how those things go together. Okay, so the title of this poem is As Kingfishers Catch Fire. Father, would you go ahead and recite this poem for us? As kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame. As tumbled over rim and roundy wells, stones ring. Like each tuck string tells, each hung bells, bow swung, finds tongue to fling out broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same. Deals out that being, indoors each one dwells. Selves goes itself. Myself it speaks and spells. 
crying, what I do is me, for that I came. I say more, the just man justices, keeps grace that keeps all his goings graces, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. Again, the name of the poem is As Kingfishers Catch Fire. And if you're, um, uh, when you have the opportunity, uh, maybe that's right now, maybe this is later if you're driving or, or otherwise occupied, you can Google the, the title mm-hmm. um, and find the poem. Father, actually, could you, would you mind reading it once more just in case sure. somebody right now can't look it up? And... Definitely, definitely. As kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame. As tumbled over a rim and roundy wells, stones ring. Like each tuck string tells, each hung bell's bowl swung fine's tongue to fling out broad's name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same, deals out that being, indoors each one dwells. Selves goes itself, myself it speaks and spells, crying what I do is me, for that I came. I say more, the just man justices, keeps grace that keeps all his goings graces. Acts in God's eye, what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his, to the Father through the features of men's faces. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, (laughs) you're listening to not a poet, well, it is a poetry reading, but this is Ignition, a broadcast of the New Evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Chris Bergwald, and Father Tyler Matson is with me today, and we're talking about Gerard Menley Hopkins' poem, As Kingfishers Catch Fire, which, Father, you've just read twice, as I mentioned before, the second reading. Um, Listener, you can um, do an internet search and find this poem and maybe read it through. And what we're going to do, the remainder of this episode now, is, is sort of go through it mm-hmm. uh, once more, but just uh, section by section and maybe unpack it a little sure. bit for the listener, Father. Definitely, because <laughs> what we're going to find out is this poem is filled with truths of who we are and who God is. And if and in, Hopkins is going to communicate that to us in a really creative way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to you unpacking how he sure. does that. <laughs> so what we first have is, is Hopkins is pointing to some created things, some things in nature. So he says, as kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame. So a kingfisher, we don't have these in the U.S., I don't think. It's a it's a bird, and it's a colorful, colorful bird. So okay. what he's talking about is if you see a kingfisher – Going by, you can imagine a, a, a bird with lots of colors on it, and, and you see its belly, and the belly is kind of red and orange and yellow, and you see it fly by you. It's, you can imagine like it's, like it's catching fire, okay? And then as dragonflies draw flames. So we know those are, right? Kind of, they're shiny. They're almost translucent. When, when the sun hits them, they yeah. kind of burst. Uh, so again, when a dragonfly goes by you, uh, you can almost, it almost seems like it's drawing flame. So, so what Hopkins is doing is he's looking at these different, anim- or these different things, and he's, and he's saying, uh, look look at how they are. Okay, that's going to be a really big thing for this whole poem is look how things are. Pay attention. Pay attention. So I, I think, you know, don't just look at things, but I, I love how you just put that, Father. Look at how things are. We really don't do that very mm-hmm. well. Um, we live, as we all know, in a really fast-paced society where really we glance at things. Mm-hmm. But Hopkins is inviting us, as you just said, Yeah. To look 
at the, to pay attention, to look at things and how they are. Yeah, and he would say that's that's foundational to poetry. Is the poet and everybody is invited just to look at how things are. And, and it, it, it's foundational to being human well, to living mm-hmm. well. Right. Okay, right. go ahead. So these two examples, first the bird and then the <laughs> dragonfly. And then now he's going to kind of focus on sounds again, but of how things are. So he says, as tumbled over a rim in roundy wells, stones ring. So maybe you've done this before where you have like a well or some kind of deep hole. And imagine throwing a pebble in it. And it's going on, dun, 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 splash, right? So he's saying, you know, you throw, you throw this stone into the well, and you can hear, you can hear the sound of of the stone ringing. Yeah. And then, and then another sound, right? Like each tuck string tells. So uh, that's like, imagine like playing a guitar. So there, so you pluck the string. Uh, he's saying, he's saying, tuck the string, a harp. And then, one of my favorite parts of the poem, he says, each hung bell's bow. Swung finds tongue to fling out Broad's name. So imagine like a church bell, a Holy Spirit, where I'm at, our church bells are super low to the ground and they hurt people's ears because <laughs> they're real bells and they're like 10 feet from you. Uh, but what he's talking about is the bowl is is the part of the bell where it, where the, the hammer hits, the tongue hits, and it makes the and it makes the bell sound. Okay. Uh, so even even as listening to how this sounds, right? Each hung bells, bow swung, finds tongue. It's it's, it's the sound of a bell, right? Right. Dung, dung, dung. So he's saying, even even the way he's writing, the rhythm of the cadence of the poem here yeah. echoes what he's describing. Yeah. So that you would know what it sounds <laughs> like uh, to be around a bell. Sorry. So each hung bells, bow swung, finds tongue to fling out broad its name. So uh, to fling out broad its name, it's saying. Gerard Marley Hopkins is saying, even something like a bell that a human person created, when the bell is ringing, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And you can look at that bell, and in a sense, when you're a Holy Spirit and those bells are hurting your ears, those bells are speaking to you. And they're saying, I'm a bell, I'm a bell, I'm a bell, right? And it's 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 announcing what it is. It's it's flinging out broad its name, okay? And now he's, now he's kind of explaining the point of this. So he says, each mortal thing does one thing and the same. Okay, so whether you're a bird or you're a dragonfly or a stone or you're a bell or you're a human, as we'll find out, uh, you're every single person who lives, every single thing that exists is doing the same thing. Uh, and what is that? He says, it deals out that being indoors, each one dwells. So every single thing has being and exists, right? right? The, the, the bird, the dragonfly, the bell, uh, you and I, all of us have being. And when we live, and we live the way that we're supposed to, when we do what we're supposed to do, uh, we're we're expressing who we are. Okay. So this next line gets even deeper into that. So so he's going to make up a word here, selves. So it's it's a it's a verb. So it's like uh, I could ask you, you know, what what did you do today? I selved. Well, that, that means <laughs> that means I was Father Tyler today. If I was Father okay. Tyler today, then I selved today. So okay. so selves goes itself. Myself, it speaks and spells, crying, what I do is me, for that I came. Uh, so this first stanza we just finished, Hopkins is, is talking about all these different things. You could right, to look at look at what it is, you know, look at what, what's out there. And these things, uh, if, if, a, if a kingfisher is flying, it's crying out to you, what I do is me, for that I came. And what does a kingfisher come to do? It comes here to be a kingfisher and to, and to catch fire. That bell is saying, what I do is me, for that I came. What does that mean? 
It means it's a bell. Uh, Hopkins is saying that we can learn about what these things are for, what these things are, by just watching what they do, by watching how they exist. So, so um, everything is called to be what it bees, to be <laughs> what it is, to be what it was created to be. Right, because you remember, <clears throat> so Hopkins is obviously a Catholic priest, but this is all in the context of a creator. Right. That we have a God who created every single thing in heaven and on earth, and he created every single thing for a purpose. And that thing is most fully itself, most free to be who it is when it, it does what it was created to be. So if my bell is broken and it doesn't it doesn't ring out anymore, then uh, then that is no longer serving its purpose, and that's no longer free to be a bell. Okay. 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 All right. So, so that's the first stanza. So if you're just listening to this, there's two stanzas in this poem. Right. Um, and, and, and what we've just been discussing is the first stanza. Right. So first stanza, Hopkins is, is concerned about nature, uh, mostly uh, animals and, and different, different inanimate objects. But now he's going to go and look at the human person. Okay. So this is what Hopkins says. He says, I say more. Okay, the just man justices. So think about what we just talked about, that God created everything for a purpose. God created us uh, to be who we were made to be. Uh, as Catholics, as Christians, we believe that God made us to, to be with him, to live with him forever, to live a life of holiness. Another way to talk about that is that God made us to be just, right? So we talk about God justifies us. Um, so he's saying the just man justices. So if, if you're a man, of, if you're a person of virtue, what you're going to do is you're going to be a person who lives that virtue. So the virtuous man virtues. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's really what we think about <clears throat> virtue ethics is that it really becomes part of who you are. Right. Right. So then he says, so I say more the just man justices keeps grace that keeps all his goings graces. So again, everything that we do as a just person, we do through grace. And that grace is what allows us to keep going. Mm. So we're going to have grace and that's going to keep us going. Now, Here's, here's where he's going to zero in on what it means to do this as a Christian. So he's talking about every single person who's just, who's, who's living a life of grace, a life of holiness. He says, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. Now think about this for just a second. Jesus came to this earth, and when Jesus became man, God became man, uh, in a sense, Jesus Christ identified himself with every single human person, mm -hmm. uh, we can't look at a human person now without thinking about God, who became a human person. So, so, so the church says, like I think of Gaudium et Spes, Vatican mm -hmm. II's document on the Church in the Modern World, uh, section twenty-two. The J John Paul II, as somebody said, if if, if Saint John Paul II, our Pope, um, for over twenty-five years, had personalized license plates that were in Gaudium et Spes twenty-two, GS twenty-two, mm -hmm. because there, um, God fully reveals man to man himself, and John Paul II said that. Jesus, in his incarnation, God has somehow joined himself mm -hmm. to every person, which is what this is saying, too. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that, you know, if, if you're living your life and you're doing it as a just person, then you're acting as Christ, right? Okay. So acts in God's eye, but in God's eye, he is Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his, to the Father through the future of men's faces. So Christ plays in 10,000 places. Think about all the people in the world right now who are living a just life, 
who, who are following the Lord, who, who, like Paul says, Christ lives in me. Gerard Manley Hopkins is saying, look at what they are. Look at what they're doing. What I do is me, for that I came. Uh, what is that? I came to be another Christ. We're, as Christians, we're meant to be other Christ in the world. And when we do that, it's like Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes, not his, to the Father. So just imagine, like, my role as a Christian, my mission as a Christian, like, why did God create me? I can say God created me to be another Christ. Mm. Uh, to be, right now, I'm, I'm Christ uh, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, in my situation, in my parish. You know, you are Jesus. You are Christ uh, in whatever situation you are. And, and, you're, and you're, you live in your life, it's like, it's like Christ playing before the Father. It's, I'm thinking there of Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus mm-hmm. sh- talks about the final judgment. Uh, he, the Son of Man, will separate the sheep from the goats. And what's the separation? Insofar as you did, when, insofar as you fed the hungry, clothed the naked, you did it to me. When did I see? With, uh, when did we not pay attention to you? When you did these things, yeah. you were doing them to me, but yeah. also you were being me. Exactly. Exactly. And just like I said, you know, when that bell's ringing and said, you know, I'm a bell, I'm a bell. When you're living a life of faith, you can say with all honesty, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. I am Jesus right before the Father, because it really is Jesus who's living in you, allowing you to do that. So, Father, we just have literally about two minutes left in this episode. Um, why not just say that? Why not? <laughs> what? What? What's what, going back to what I asked at the beginning? Why poetry? So, explain a little bit here about uh, and and I, I I think I get it, but I'm really curious to hear yeah. your explanation. Um, you could just say the moral of the story is what you just said. What's what's the power of of conveying that truth through poetry? Right. I'd say twofold. One, you know, when you read this poem out, out aloud. It's it sounds a certain way, right? And 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 hearing beautiful things, if you love music, there's something that just it gives you pleasure, it gives yeah. you joy. So yeah. so part of like why can't you just tell us that? Well, this is much more enjoyable, right. you know. And then I say the second thing, you know, sometimes poetry can be difficult to understand, and Hopkins is like exhibit A for that. But in in sort of the discovery, when you're digging into this and you're saying, well, why, why is he talking about bells? Why is he talking about this? Uh as these truths are coming out to you and you realize, oh, I'm kind of like a dragonfly and like a stone and like a bell, except what I'm supposed to be doing as a human person is to live Christ. The discovery of that through poetry, that's going to that's gonna sink much more into your heart than if he was to go out there and tell you. So the, the effort it takes to to uncover and to discover these truths which are which are in this sort of like beautiful puzzle that mm-hmm. we're we're trying to assemble um makes the discovery then a that much more worth it but b yeah. it re- sticks with me that much more yeah and, and and like an analogy would be to scripture right a lot of scripture they did the same kind of effort sure. but it's worth it. It's worth it. Great. So the poem is As Kingfishers Catch Fire by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Thank you so much for being here again, Father, for this yeah, episode. Definitely. And with that, that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us at sfdiocese and use the hashtag ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.